This is Flipping Tables. This is Flipping Tables, a show about gaming, technology, and culture. I'm one of your hosts, David Lyons. And I'm Michael Edwards. And I have a couple pieces of, I'm going to say big air quotes follow-up, because these are... Uh, these are just things that have happened kind of recently that relate back to some other stuff we talked about, and and I think they're they're interesting. So here we go. Um, so a uh, a game reviewer, a young woman who, as we all know, is subject to more vitriol in a single day on the internet than most men probably <laughs> deal with in their entire <laughs> lives. Unfortunately, um, she has a public Facebook page, and people were sending her like these violent rape threats and just horrible just all the kind of horrible stuff you you see about so well on facebook they have a real name policy so you can't post as like big schlong underscore xoxo (laughs) because you have to post as like jimmy smith so she realized that if you have a unique enough name she can probably find other people that you know on facebook and she found the mothers of some of these young idiots and sent what their children <laughs> were posting back to them. Um, so, like, there's a screenshot in this Mashable article. I'll link to this in the show notes. Um, but and, and I'm, I'm going to read this, although it's, it's really vulgar. But the, this, like, you know, 14-year-old boy sent her a Facebook message that said, I'll rape you if I ever see you, you cunt. Which is, I mean, there's no circumstances under which that's an acceptable yeah. thing to say to another person. Terrible. Just horrible. And... The mother's reaction is just, oh, my God, that little shit. I'm so sorry. Which is <laughs> <laughs> kind of amazing. So, this, I, like, I hope she keeps doing this. Like, and, I hope everybody does and this. And you reading out loud masks the uh, the terrible, like, texting speech. And, yeah, like, it, the U is just the letter yeah. U. Like, it's... Yeah, I mean, it, it's very... It's all the stereotypes. Not that of it a, would be okay if they use full words. <laughs> no. But, but yeah, it's, it's all the, the hallmarks of a an ignorant child behaving like an ignorant human being. And I just like, this is, it seems overly simplistic. Like I'm going to tell your mom, but it really gets to the root of the problem, which is these, these people of any age, you know, young children or young adults, they're obviously not being socialized well by their, yeah, there's, their parents there's no norming to yeah. say this is not cool. Yeah. So Don't this, do this. they kind of need to know this is going on. So this is awesome. This is a uh, Alana Pierce. I'm not, are you familiar with any Mm-mm. of her work? Yeah. So keep, keep it up. Alana This is awesome. And, and more people. Who does she write for? Um, I'm not sure who she, I think or she might videos do her own for thing. or whatever. Yeah. I'll, I actually didn't. Oh, she has a YouTube channel. Yeah. Oh, local radio and television in Queensland. Queensland, Ooh. Brisbane, um, Queensland. But yeah, so I just I thought this was awesome because we were talking about uh, a few episodes ago about how just generally crappy people can be in gaming communities. Well, especially with perceived anonymity or just lack of accountability for owning what you right. say to people. So yeah, I thought that was cool. Um, this other thing, this is like such a minor paper cut, but you mentioned, and I agree with you, Google Plus is better than facebook or twitter in terms of software quality yeah um twitter used to be the best at what it did and then they fucked that up but we'll get to that (laughs) um but 
this so on Facebook, and most people don't do this, but it is an option. When you tag someone, so if I'm tagging you and I do like at Michael Edwards, I can actually backspace and remove your last name. Yeah. And then the the tag persists, but it, in the text it just says Michael. So you can be more natural language like, yes. hey, Michael. And I know this is a really minor thing, but I just really love that feature. I really hate tagging someone on Google Plus or any other service really and being like, you know, Oh, at Michael Edwards. It just—it seems like a form letter. Like yeah. it's, it's really artificial. <laughs> Insert name here. Exactly. Like the only thing would be if it was in all caps. I feel like it's a little less strange on Twitter because people tend to have handles. So it's like, hey, right. robot queen. Sorry, yeah. robot queen's going to get some <laughs> traffic now. But <laughs> yeah, and I guess that's true because then it's a little more chat room for me. Yeah. But yeah, but when yeah, it's, when it's just full name, yeah, first space, first name, space, last name is just it just looks really weird to me. Yeah, and you'll notice if you ever if if I ever friend you on Facebook, which I won't because I try and avoid it like the plague. Um, <laughs> whenever I tag people, I always make a point to do that because it just, it, it's like it's the visual equivalent of hitting the ear wrong. Like it just hits yeah. my eye wrong to see like first last. Just yeah, very awkward. Or like when someone goes by a different name than their legal name and it's sort of like, hey, Lyle Thomas. And yeah. it's like, uh, I go by David. Why are you calling me this? Yeah. That, I guess you can, I wonder, can you do just the last name? Like if you, if I haven't you, tried. You call, like most people just call me Lions. I don't know if you can just do that. You can do some, some quick on the ground field research. Yep. This is a long pause. We can be You sure can. <laughs> That's awesome. And also incredibly quick work. Yep. Yeah. You're so, going to get a notification now. Well, good. Because I need proof. Yeah, that, so that's that's a little tiny feature that most people don't even use, but that's well within Google's ability to copy, so they need to copy <laughs> that. Yes. At least they aren't showing last name, comma, first. Yeah. Microsoft, <laughs> why do you hate us so much? And then this this last one is uh, so last night I was out shopping and I had completely forgotten that I had a gift card to the store, but I had entered that gift card into Google Wallet. And when I entered the store, Google Wallet said, "Hey, don't forget to use your gift card." And I just had this like little like condensing Welcome moment. Welcome to the future. <laughs> yes, very much. I was like, th I'm never not going to do this again because I would have completely forgotten that I had that gift card, gotten home, been pissed, or the converse is that I have to just carry it around in my wallet all the time on the off chance that I go to this store that I don't frequent. So I was like, that. this is it. Like I'm done with physical <laughs> objects when I can carry around smart objects that do work for me. Are aware of things. Yes. So that that was just like I, – I don't know if Apple Pay has a feature like that, but that to me cemented Google Wallet. Like I, I should have become a convert many, many months ago. <laughs> All right. Our main rundown. We got a lot of good stuff today. So a lot of terrible stuff actually. Um, the first off is uh, Twitter is spying on you. Now, this isn't just like they harvest the stuff you intend to put into Twitter. This is a whole new level where Twitter is using, presumably, they have to have some kind of permission on these platforms to do this, you would hope. But I don't know that the app list is protected. Yeah. So Twitter is spying on what apps you have installed. 
Um, this is Android and iOS. Yeah. Windows Phone, you're probably safe. Yeah, so they're they're trying to pay attention to the other apps you have installed, presumably to market to you or to say like, oh, you're this kind of user. Oh it, no, it's certainly for marketing purposes because what they have no other yeah. purposes. They they harvest data, they sell data, they get ads. Yeah, this yeah. is and so is this, this a problem? Is, it is a problem because one, it's on by default, so that's just always. Any new Twitter has a really bad habit of new shitty things that they opt you into. And I understand that they're not the only company that does that, but Twitter does this a lot with like, oh, this newsletter is slightly different from that old newsletter, so we opted you in, even though you unsubscribed from all the other newsletters. Yeah. Um they, you know, whenever there's like new ad features, they tend to opt people in. And I I mean I get it. That's literally the only way they make money, so they need to kinda have those defaults because most people never change their defaults. But this one just seems unnecessarily creepy, especially because people who use Twitter regularly probably check it at least once a day, if not many times a day. So all they have to do is you open Twitter after the app updates and it says, would you like us to customize your experience you know by detecting the apps you have on your phone i have to flip another table real quick this <laughs> link it. we're putting in the show notes to an article about this has a giant full page pop-up that and then <laughs> it, it dumps you onto a page with an autoplay video that has audio turned on and it's forms yeah <laughs> it's just like this avalanche of douchiness that just <laughs> i'm trying to like follow up on the story and see some details and Man, we got to find another link because I don't want to reward that. No, okay. I'm sure there are other people complaining about this that we can throw into the show notes. Um, but yeah, this this the auto opt in. I feel like can easily be replaced by like you know we can make your even if it was like shady marketing speak, we can make your Twitter experience better by you know detecting what apps yeah. you have installed. And most people would just be like, yeah, fine. Yeah, I think probably. The same kind of people who wouldn't bother to turn it off would just be like, yeah, fine. And, I mean, Apple has a step where you have to do that, though I do have a table to flip about them later. But <laughs> they they ask you, like, do you want, like, can we know your location to, like, show, tell you other apps in your city people yeah. like? And it's, like, an explicit yes or no, I don't like that. Don't right. do that to me. It's just... Is that really – I mean I don't, I don't know. I've never tried to market something through an app. But is that really so high of a barrier that it just – everyone says no? They're just chasing every corner they can to turn Twitter into a terrible thing. I, is is pay the, – so the, the, the article that we're now not going to link to, well done, Forbes. <laughs> um, the, the writer mentions like a WhatsApp model where it's free for a period and then it's like a dollar a year. And I've said before, like, I think a dollar a month would be a reasonable fee for Twitter. I don't know that that would cover their costs. I wouldn't mind the option to say, like, like you can have my tweets, but, like, stop all the other bullshit. Yeah. And just let me pay you a dollar a month. Right. And I'm in. Like, I'll put 10 bucks a year. I'll do that. I suspect that. Take ads out of my timeline. Yeah. Stop with all this extra shit. This is probably another example of, uh, of like catering to tech elite kind of because like you and I would pay like I know most people wouldn't it, yes but 
Why I'm, not both? I'm okay with them knowing, like, I'm of a certain age, I'm of a certain uh, race, I identify with a certain gender, and, and all these things, and then using that data to customize other people's ads that I don't have to see because yeah. I pay a dollar a month. Like, <laughs> it's public data. I don't care if they harvest it. Shut it's, up and take our money. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's. I don't have a problem with them harvesting public data. I don't feel like the apps that are installed on my phone are public data. Yeah. So that should not be opt out because they didn't ask my permission. They just implied that my permission was given because I'm using their service. Well, I wonder if platform like Google and Apple will continue. Like it seems like over time they're gradually moving towards like apps got to ask for individual permission. Like iOS has been adding to the list of like things that apps don't get for free and have to have a pop-up and say, can I use this? Right. And so, which is, I mean, there's got to be a limit because you don't want to launch an app and have 500 dialogues. Yes. Yeah. The the preference nightmare is definitely also not an optimal solution. But I'll take that over all or nothing. Give me your entire universe or don't (laughs) use my app. Like, I don't want an ultimatum. Yeah. Well, I've seen, uh, I don't know if this is as big of a problem on iOS, but on Android, um, I see people shame games sometimes. Because they're like, game, why do you need access to all these features? Why do you need my contacts? Why yeah. do you need my photo library? Photo, Yeah, photos is a big one. Contacts, I don't agree with it, but it's like, well, we want you to be able to share that you like this game with you know, your Facebook friends or whatever. But it's like, then wait until I press the share button, yeah. then ask me for permission And I've seen more Facebook. apps do that. Like, And sometimes they even have a, like a, a middleman pop-up because they don't want to like get the no answer that forever yeah. locks them out. And so Facebook's like, would you like us to use this? And if you say no, it doesn't ask you with the system prompt. Right. Oh, speaking of which, so I opened Twitter the other day on, I think, my Nexus 7, which is, I don't use Twitter as much on that device. But, like, I opened Twitter, and it had recently updated, and it said, do you want to rate Twitter? And I was like, yes, because I'm pissed at you for doing all this bullshit lately. So I hit two stars, uh-huh. and it, you know exactly what it did. I hit two stars, and I hit rate, and then it comes up with the little thing, and it said, which app would you like to use to complete this? And my options were Inbox by Gmail and Gmail. And I was like, you... Yeah, you have to say five-star and then switch and change your mind once you're in the actual Google Play. Yeah, so I canceled out of that. I closed the draft email that it opened for me. <laughs> Thanks. And then the feedback. I, yeah, and then I actually went into the Play Store and I had they had a three star review. I knocked them down to two, and I was like, "You guys suck." So many apps doing this. Yeah, it's I've I've seen it before with games. I've never seen it with a non game app. I mean, I'm not surprised. Yeah, but it's just this, like this is EA ball. This is crap. They're better. Yeah. They used to be better than this. I've I've it's such an annoying realm. The whole commenting rating world because. <laughs> It's better than nothing, but it's a sucky system. Like, yeah, apps can get rail like apps that don't deserve a million negatives get railroaded sometimes, and then vice versa. Like, yeah. I saw a game that was like a really well regarded game, and they released new levels, and they decided we're going to charge a buck. Like, we spent months and months of developer time making new content, and we're going to sell it. And they got bombarded with zeros of people that are feel entitled to free content. Yeah. And I'm just like, that's not like a good reason to vote something down. You no. can be like, I just don't want to pay. That's fine. Don't pay. But that's like that alone is not a reason to hate a game. 
No, when someone says, you know the thing you paid for, I made more of that thing. So now I would like some additional compensation. Like, that's not even a stretch. You shouldn't even have to explain that. It's like if you buy a loaf of bread and you eat all of it and then you want more bread, you don't say like, well, I already bought a loaf. (laughs) I just assumed I would have bread forever. Now, I, don't know, I don't know why I picked bread. <laughs> while we're on the topic, <laughs> that's a possible title. <laughs> um, while we're on the topic of app stores, um, I do have a table to flip about Apple. Um, yesterday, as I was leaving work, um, right after we parted ways, actually, um, my phone beeps and then my watch beeped because I happened to be wearing <laughs> my Pebble for once. Um, <laughs> and I noticed that it's a, a notification from the App Store saying, you should come spend money for Project Red uh, to fight AIDS. And this was not a notification I p- could have opted out of, could have chosen in any way. Um, it actually breaks Apple's rules that you're not allowed to use push notifications for commercial or promotional reasons. Unless you're Apple. Yeah. Um because so, it, this this was for their products, right? Like the the Apple Red products. It was come to the App Store and buy apps, and the proceeds will go to Project Red. Okay, so this wasn't to buy like a red iPhone. No, or it was not MacBook. a specific product. Okay. It, it was just we have a a charity thing going on, and there's all these red apps, special red versions of apps to to buy. I'm fine. Like take over your App Store, have a hundred banners, like plaster <laughs> everything. Don't notify me. Don't make my phone beep. Don't intrude on something I had no chance to opt out of. So this is, I mean, this is going to get less press than the U2 album because (laughs) the U2 album thing had the double whammy of being hilarious to tons of people at the same time as being annoying. So that kind of blew it into mainstream. Um, But I just, ah, it's a a minor inconvenience. Some people are going to be like, you're overreacting. The point is not that I think it's like this giant problem. I just think it's like, this is douchey. Don't do that. Well, because it, it kind of opens the door. Like, so can someone buy into this? Like, can yeah. a, a game maker have the App Store notify you and be like, hey, new levels in Candy Crush Saga. Yeah. Come check them out. It's like, I don't want that. I don't well, want push notification. That's ads. exactly why every single game I download asks me if it can send me push notifications, and I always say no. <laughs> no, you may not. Because it's always going to be like, you've been gone for a day. Darlin', oh. I miss you. And I'm just like, I'm uninstalling you the second you do that. You know, that was why, like, that exact kind of culture is why I never got into Facebook gaming. Because, I mean, it seems like... Oh man, I could just play games on the internet with my friends all the time for freezies. And then progress later, bar of the game. Yeah, and then later they were very much mafia freedom. wars. Anyone? Yeah, but I never got into any of that stuff because I was like, I can't stand the idea of friends and relatives just being like, "Water my crops." <laughs> Why aren't you watering Water my crops? My crops. <laughs> I just I couldn't Water like. Water them. I couldn't. Whoa. I, <laughs> I, I like I didn't play farmland or cityville or mafia fighting or any of those things for a single second because I saw what my friends and family who were playing them were going through and I was like, that's not gaming to me. It's not even a game. Yeah, that that just looks like monotonous nightmare. It's just like gr- graphic design designed <laughs> to make you harvest your friends. Yeah, awful. Um, Zynga's entire existence. So I, I have to say for uh, – poor Zynga. <laughs> you had so much promise. So I have to – I'm going to give this, the tiniest little devil's advocate to your your table flip over Apple. 
this would never have happened under Steve Jobs. I hate that sentence. I know you do. (laughs) I know you do. But the reason I say that is because he was notorious for ending all their charitable stuff. And this to me seems like Tim Cook maybe – So Project Red existed with Steve Jobs. It did, but they didn't market it. They didn't talk about it. That's true. In fact, Bono complained about how little Apple pushed it. And that was like one of the only things they did. You couldn't have payroll deduction. They did no other charitable giving as a company. So I wonder if this is Tim Cook maybe – yeah, because he instituted all that stuff. Yeah, maybe him swinging too far the other way where he's trying to be like, look, you know, the company can be charitable. We have a lot of money. We're willing to be charitable. Hey, go to the app store. And then everybody's <laughs> like, now you went too far. <laughs> yeah. No push notifications, Tim Cook. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think it's like scandal. I think it's just like, come on, don't do this. Yeah, I mean, it, it just kind of smacks of like, don't, uh, dude, don't. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were better than this. Don't do this. <laughs> thought we were friends <laughs> don't do this to me bro <coughs> I'm still hey, are you gonna survive this podcast i don't think i am it's it's better than last week like I, last week it was really naggy this week it's it's less so so it's good i'm gonna and and if this is what kills me then i have a record of me going out if it kills you it just makes you stronger yes so what's our next topic um so this is uh a link to a kickstarter um what is the name of this project? I had it and then I lost it. Um, Hang on. I'm, I'm using my Google foos. This is so, real good. So this project on Kickstarter, and it, this is like a brand and grotesque. Um, this, it's like an art piece. Like they're not. And warning if you're squeamish, the top image animated GIF in the article just shows a guy basically being injected or, or poked. Yeah, it's a blood draw needle. And and the scary zoom in on his eyes. Where <laughs> yeah, there's like he, this grinning. He's like, yeah, the guy just stuck the needle in my arm. Like it's a really <laughs> – and his friend is sitting there like, yeah, you're getting a needle in your arm. Like the whole GIF <laughs> is very creepy. Um, but so this, it's this this like art project <laughs> – you know, promotional thing where you get this blood draw needle and then you play a video game. And when you take damage, you actually get blood drawn (laughs) while you're playing. Um, They're asking for 250,000 earth dollars, Canadian dollars, Canadian dollars, which is still a lot, even when converted to real money, the article says. Yeah. Yeah. So we now know how Dorkley feels about Canadians. Um, they have raised a scant $3,390, which is a lot of money. I would love it if someone just handed me $3,300 Canadian pesos, whatever. I don't care. Absolutely. Yeah. But, uh, I do not think they're going to hit their, their goal unless, cause I mean, they were on Dorkly, which is a really popular website and they have not gotten this like rush of funding. Mm-mm. So I, I think just think the idea, stuck, guys. the idea strikes people. I mean, I get it's a charity thing, but it's like, that's a terrible idea. Why would you, but it's such a terrible idea. It reminded me of a Perry Bible fellowship comic, which we'll put in the show notes <laughs> of basically one such system where as you get hit in a game, you get wounded in real life. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 uh, the life imitating art kind of like because this is an old comic yeah it's like three or four years old maybe yeah. even more maybe even more 
Um, but this is – so the reason I bring this up is because, one, it's just kind of stupid and funny. But how do you feel about immersive game technology? Like do you want more of this kind of crap or do you just want a controller with 12 buttons and you're done? I just don't want only one kind of thing. So <laughs> sometimes, yeah, there's probably certain experiences where it'd be really, really cool. I want a holodeck. Like, <laughs> give me the holodeck. But there's other forms of gaming where it's like, no, the whole point of this is the space trooper can jump and fly around, and I don't have to. I just press <laughs> a button, and he flies, and that's it. And so I just distinguish between those two different desired experiences and don't want one to destroy the other. So so let's dissect this. How do you feel about like vibration in a game controller? It's pr- I don't care. You don't care. It doesn't matter to me. Okay. So when the PS3 first launched and the original controllers didn't have it, you You mean when their first controllers were the lightest things ever they and were still so light. had amazing battery life? Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> so you didn't see them adding vibration as a huge win? No. <laughs> it's fine, but I don't I don't I don't like rush to turn it off in games, but I don't really care. Okay. Now, are you the kind of person who plays Mario Kart with the stupid plastic circle? No. No? Because it's not very precise. It's so imprecise. It's awful. <laughs> like There are not a lot of things that Susan gets like uproariously furious over when it comes to video games. She thinks the stupid... They're just the, robbery. The Wiimote crammed into the plastic circle is like the worst thing ever. And they sell it crazy. They've got new ones out for Mario Kart 8 for the... <laughs> what, what What could be different about it? It's a plastic no, circle. No, no. It's very <laughs> unabashedly the same. It's just they've, like, branded them as Mario and Luigi, and they're, like, colored. And I mean, they may, may have had these before, but they brought them back out because yeah. people will buy them. So how did you feel? Let's go old school. How did you feel about, like, the Power Glove? <laughs> I was a little too young when it came out. I mean, I knew about it, but it didn't seem like something I was going to get. Oh, see, I... I mean, I remember The Wizard. I remember It's So Bad. This was something my older brother got. So, so he actually got one. Oh, yeah. No, we had we totally had a power glove. Um, we we th- never had a super scope. Though. I think I've only tried it like it was in a store somewhere, a KB or an electronics boutique or... A- yeah. Toys R Us probably more likely. (laughs) So, okay. So, like, now I didn't think about going super old school when this first came to mind, but now it really makes a lot of sense. So did you use, like, the Zapper? Yeah. Or the Super Scope? Yeah. Like, how do you feel about those? Because, I mean, you could just press X to fire or you can hold this giant holstered thing. I mean, that at least adds – I mean, the zapper was kind of basic. It just made the screen light up and it hoped that it saw the little lit up square on the TV screen. (laughs) Right. But uh, the Super Scope actually was way more precise. I mean, it's not terribly exciting these days. It was pretty good. But it it was a way more granularity of like where you shot – didn't get much support on Super Nintendo. There was like nope. that and Battle Clash and one Yoshi game, and I don't think there was anything else that used it. Not really. But I remember having a lot of fun with it. There was whatever game came. It was like a six-in-one pack-in, and there was like Blastris, which was like a Tetris puzzler, but you would shoot blocks instead of... Yeah, stupid blocks. And then the funnest game, the funnest, is that a word? I don't know. It is now. Okay. Um, was these missiles flying sideways. Do you remember this? Did you ever play it? 
No. You um, have to like shoot them. Was it like a missile it was defense? All, it was a timing thing though. So yeah, the missiles are going left across the screen and you have to shoot in, or maybe they're going right. I don't even remember. You have to shoot in front of them and they're different depths. So like oh, okay. if it's a if it's close to you you can shoot pretty much on it and it blows up immediately but if it's tiny you got to shoot like you know half the screen in front of it and hope you time oh, it. Oh like compensate for Oh yeah. so, okay so that and I mean you just need the precision of the the scope to actually do it. Yeah. Um I had a lot of fun with Super Scope. So I'm I mean <laughs> yeah it's kind of an insane peripheral <laughs> that was a little, little hyper specialized. Destined, destined to be a niche, but but then there's there's modern specialized stuff like the DDR mat. Like, did you yeah. you you don't strike me as a big dance dance revolution <laughs> guy? No, I'm a small dance dance revolution <laughs> guy. Whoa, all that stuff's fine. I mean, again, it's it's niche. I, we we got Rock Band, we got all that stuff, and used it and had a lot of fun with it. I don't want to play a fighting game with Rock Band instruments, which you totally can. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why anyone would. I so guess. I, yeah, I just don't want it to be like now everything is immersive. Sorry, you have to turn your head to play this first person shooter now. Oh, so you kind of <laughs> want options? Yeah. Okay. That, yeah, I can feel that, and I guess it. When a device directly relates to the gameplay, because, I mean, having your blood drawn is immersive, but it doesn't directly relate to the gameplay. You know, getting, if you were playing Mike Tyson's Punch-Out and somebody punched you in the face every time <laughs> your your Mighty Mike or whatever his name was got hit, then that it would be immersive, but it wouldn't really. Yeah. It, it's not, I guess, what I'm trying to get at is, like, a controller that simulates what the character is doing is different than being immersed in the game yeah. world. Well, I like the super scope because it actually changes the way you are firing at the screen to change the gameplay options. Right. Whereas, like, some of the other immersive things are just sort of, like, tacked on extras or they don't change how you play. They're just weird little side additions, peripheral things. What was the terrible thing on the Sega, the hexagon thing you stood in and you like uh, kicked and punched? I don't remember what it was called. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that sounds like exactly what you hate. Like because that was something where it was like you can either make Johnny Cage do a backflip and then a split or you can flail around like the an activator. Idiot. Yes. The <laughs> Sega activator. Yeah. So th- that to me sounds like exactly what you don't want. And and I'm with you on that because that didn't enhance the game like at all. It actually yeah. detracted from it quite a bit. Because if I could do a full split like Johnny Cage, I wouldn't need to yeah. press the split button on the controller. Yeah, to just pointlessly mimic what your character's doing is dumb. But if there's some actually interesting gameplay, like I could see a game based on you mirroring something and I don't know. Or Well, I feel like like in DDR, it's because the game is Follow it's these about instructions. Movements. Yes. It's about you moving exactly. in a certain way. Yeah. So it's the objective is for you to follow those instructions with your feet. Whereas with Mortal Kombat, it's like I'm playing Mortal Kombat because I can't grab someone by the face and rip their spine out. <laughs> they there are laws against this, you know. So it's and I don't think my hands are strong enough. But I mean, that's like my obje- One of the real barrier. Exactly. But my objective is not to simulate what the characters are doing that's like i don't 
I don't think Grand Theft Auto would be enhanced by the super scope where it's like, like wow, you, I have the gun in my hand. Do you want to like be a threat of drowning when you're in an underwater level in Mario or Sonic, even worse? <laughs> no, God, no. Have that. The do you want to have to dunk your head in water and like hold your breath? Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure what. I feel like we're we're zoning in on the the good formula. We just haven't for this. said it perfectly. Yeah, yet. but that's okay. Someone in the show knows, or someone in the the on Facebook or Twitter or Google Plus can reply and be like, "You idiots! You should have phrased it like this." Mm-hmm. And then we'll give them a shout out. So this this last thing on the rundown here, I think this is kind of a sad, confusing one. Did you hear about this with Flickr? I heard the same story about Facebook, but oh, really? Yeah, that. See that one? I didn't hear. They're claiming – so go ahead and tell the Flickr side. So the, this Flickr story – and this is, as far as I know, this is true. Um, Flickr allows you to mark videos and animations and photos that you upload as Creative Commons. And if you're not familiar with Creative Commons, it's actually very nuanced. There's um, total public domain where anybody can just do whatever the hell they want. There's attribution. There's attribution non-commercial. There's commercial. So there's, there's also like the derivatives, no derivatives. Yes. Yeah. It's it's there's a lot of flexibility in the, the Creative Commons licensing where you can kind of say like you can use this for education, but you can't sell it. Or you can sell this, but you have to say that I made it. Or yeah. you can't sell this, but you're allowed to make derivatives and then you can sell those derivatives. And if you're unfamiliar, that <coughs> this is actually designed to make it easier for people to choose to make things more open. Yes. Because the default with copyright is copyrighted, don't touch it, get permission. Exactly. And Pay me money. this helps you specify the kind of thing you're okay with. Right. Yeah, because a lot of artists say like, I don't care if you print this and put it on a T-shirt. You just have to say that I made it because then people will know this is my work and then it's like free advertising. Yeah. Well, Flickr has decided apparently that – and I feel like they're going to backpedal on this because the backlash has been really loud. Yeah. But Flickr well, has decided – because like actual photographers use Flickr. It's not just people – with yeah, this their is random not, it's not phone Instagram. Cameras. Yeah, yeah. This is, Flickr is a professional photo sharing service, and uh, they have decided that they're going to sell prints of CC stuff, and even if it's marked with a like no non-commercial license. No, because that would actually be illegal. <laughs> <coughs> so. Um, they're they're not going to cross any legal boundaries. They're just going to cross a lot of moral boundaries <laughs> because the great and and I'm I'm with the the photographers and the artists in this. Like Flickr's not doing anything illegal. They're just doing something kind of crappy. Like they have every right to do this. They just really shouldn't do this. Yeah. So. I mean, people are now, you know, of course, there's the the typical kind of revolt, like we're going to stop using Flickr. We're going to go in and change all the licenses on our photos before you have a chance to do anything with them. Because if you're the license holder, you have the right to change the license. So this is just kind of like, why are you doing this? Like, how are you possibly going to make so much money off selling prints that it's worth the just tons of goodwill you're destroying? Yeah, and this sounds like it's <coughs> above and beyond the the typical like you are agreeing to let us use your photos for the purposes of using our service and we might or even like we might use your photos to advertise our service specifically but we're not going to do anything else. Right. Or something like that like we have user content. 
this is like, yeah, this is beyond that. And so, I mean, you're you're a producer of stuff. You produce music. You yeah. produce artwork and stuff. Like, how would you feel if someone went on to Bandcamp and was like, "Oh, here's a song that I'm going to use in my commercial for McDonald's." That's nah, not okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, even if you like, do you do you CC any of your stuff? Um, not usually. I mean, it, you know, you're trying to like get yeah. gigs and stuff, so it's a little bit different. But I, this is just like if you're, I think I have, I've tagged some stuff as you can remix it and stuff. Like I, I'm generally fine with that. But people just using my stuff for commercial reasons, no. Yeah, and I feel like there's a weird line because Flickr is a giant aggregator corporation. I mean, they're part of Yahoo. Yeah, but. It's like if you make something CC commercial, it's like I'm saying, you know, Joe Blow can take this and print it on handbags and sell them. But it feels a little different when a giant multi-billion dollar corporation is like, we're going to print them on handbags <laughs> and sell them. And it's like I I guess legally there is no difference, but it, just, it feels really <laughs> different, doesn't it? Well, especially when it's like. We're this clearinghouse service that it's like it turns into like a honeypot for gathering yep. all this stuff from people. It's not like, oh, we have a business in a completely different arena and we just want to take advantage of this in a cool way. It's like, no, we are a photo site and people got used to using us to store their photos and now we're shifting. We've altered the deal. Pray we don't alter it further. <laughs> <laughs> what is that from? Star Wars. Yes. Cloud City. Yep. <laughs> and see, this is uh I think you just you hit on it. It's the fact that they changed. Like this is just like Twitter's BS. They lured everybody in with you know the smell of pie, and then when you get there, it's like, oh, liver and onions, JK. Yeah. And I feel like because now the more I'm thinking about it, you could probably make a business where you say, like, we're gonna let you host your photos on here for free. The way we pay the bills is anything that you license as CC commercial or public domain, we have the rights to sell prints to. That's how we keep the servers running. That would be like if it was an upfront thing, that would be totally reasonable. Exactly. And I'm sure a lot of people would still be okay with that. I mean, yeah. But it's different when it's like, oh, you know all the stuff that you put in this box? Well, I didn't say anything before, but I'm actually having a garage sale, so I'm going to take your box outside and sell everything. Or even think how GitHub runs. Like, you can't do private projects on GitHub unless you're a paying subscriber to the service. But But you can do as much open source public domain stuff you want. Yeah, and they're they're very clear about where that line is. If you want it private, that's a pay service. Yeah. Makes sense to me. Yeah, I don't don't know why Flickr would do this. This or is what, there, is there the chance that this has just been so wrongly reported and, like, this is not what's happening? I don't know. I feel like every year Facebook gets in trouble for the same shadiness in their terms of service, for looking like they own your stuff. Well, they used to do the ads thing. Like, yeah. they, I knew people that that actually happened to where they were on Facebook. It made and it they look were like, like you were Endorsed promoting. a product, yeah. And they were like, oh, look, there's my dad next to, you know, a Big Mac ad. Like, why is There's he? no way. <laughs> yeah. It's like I would know if he worked for McDonald's slinging yeah. Big Macs. It just all gets watered down and endorsements just mean nothing anymore. But 
Uh, this is why I'm a fan of things like email that are decentralized. <laughs> no one owns a protocol, a communication channel. And yeah, maybe during the growth spurt of microblogging or whatever you want to describe Twitter as, it was nice that someone kind of championed and made it successful. But there's, you know, there were hundreds of microblogging services. Jaiku. Yeah. And uh, like, why can't we have an open protocol for this so that no one owns it? So that. When a company said, like, if some email company's like, yeah, we're going to be super creepy with your stuff, <laughs> you can be like, well, I'm going to take my email address and go somewhere else. Right. Because I don't need to deal with your crap. And that you can't do that with Twitter because Twitter is proprietary and Facebook is proprietary and I mean, Flickr pe- is proprietary. People have tried. You know, yeah. we had. Uh, is it just because diaspora, diaspora? Dis- yeah, for diaspora social networks. But I mean, like, yeah, why? Why can't we get? Maybe it's just part of the maturity of these. Like, it was easy to do for text, yeah. and it's been more difficult for media just because of the amount of like the the bandwidth was hand in hand. The capacity was hand in hand with the service. When maybe we can get to the point where it's like, no, we we've dissociated all that. Yeah, storage is so cheap. The data transfer is now like a Title yeah. II or whatever if that happens. Yeah, this is – I feel like part of this – and I don't want to sound elitist, but I don't know any other good way to say this. So here I go. Like a lot of this is just a combination of laziness and ineptitude. Like you can't ask you know, your your cousin Jim who can barely work the microwave or your aunt Jane who doesn't know that we've moved on to digital downloads and still has a Betamax, you can't ask that person to, like, spin up a PHP server on your MacBook yeah. and run Diaspora locally. Like, you just can't. Mm-hmm. You know, these are people who the majority of these these platforms' users barely ever get the cultural norming, let alone a grasp yeah. of the technology. And I, I was among those people that pronounced Diaspora as doomed from the start. Oh, and yeah. So I had no illusions that it was too much for normal people. But we need to get there like we have with email. where, like, yeah, sharing photos is just a generic thing that needs to be not owned by a company. Right. Well, I would even just be happy if we got to a place where paying for stuff was acceptable. Because, I mean, yeah. now, one of the caveats to this is, like, Twitter is free and there are a lot of people who are in third world countries where their primary computing device is, like, what we would consider a low-end smartphone. And the fact that <coughs> the fact that they have access to these uh, services and these ways to connect for free is, like, a big deal. I don't want to take that away from those people. But for people who can spare, you know... $10 a year, $20, $30 a year, who don't want ads, who don't want yeah. their data to be harvested, like that should be an option. You can do both. You don't have to have a singular business model. In fact, most people would probably argue that having multiple revenue streams is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not an economist, but I know that if I could get two <laughs> paychecks called- a month instead of one, I would take that. It's a diversification. Yeah. So I don't know. I just maybe before we get to an open protocol super high level of tech literacy maybe if we could just cross the people can pay for things land <laughs> like that might be a good first step because then you have tech people who are willing to like run their own servers and pay for you know ad free services and stuff i think one of the social challenges to paying for stuff is people suddenly care about what they're getting 
Yeah. Because when Twitter does terrible things to you, you're just like, well, it didn't cost me any money. So I have no standing to complain. Whereas if you're spending a, even just a dollar a month, you're gonna, your users are going to get more picky about what they're getting. Yeah, I'm so I'm going to see if I can find Google contributor. Awesome. Thank you Google for finding things about Google on Google. <laughs> <laughs> You're dying. I am dying. I'm sorry. I'm at least I'm coughing away from the mic, not like <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Um so there's this thing Google contributor and I forgot to throw this in the rundown, but I, I think it deserves a mention for where this conversation has gone. Google is doing a very very small pilot of what if you could just pay for a website and then you won't see any ads on that website and then we'll give money to the person who runs the website so that they can keep making their website like that? Yeah. That's kind of you a – You just see like a thank you message yeah. for being a contributor. Yeah, and if you're not a contributor, you would get an ad. Yeah. I, I want that kind of thing to succeed. I do too. Like if this starts popping up on websites I use frequently, like Stack Overflow is a good example. Like – I, if Stack Overflow had a subscription and it took away the ads and I could afford it, I would pay for it. If they do some kind Because I've of, learned so many things from Stack Overflow. Yes, and I, I try and participate in that community as a way of giving back. But if I could turn off the ads and just give them like a dollar a month directly, yeah. like, I even be just, fine. just had the pop-up of I RSVP'd to our Ruby meetup that we go to. Mm. And mm. It, it popped up and said, hey, we we run this to support the community and we could use donations. And I'm seriously thinking about throwing yeah. them a few dollars well and this is the thing about donations that like i because i never really did anything with like charities because a lot of charities are shady and that kind of made me squeamish because i was like i don't want to give my money and have it just go yeah. to like you know the ceo of the charity i wanted to like actually go to help people and i realized that a side effect of that is whenever anybody talks about donating they talk about donating like thousands of dollars or hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars you know like bill gates gives millions of dollars to malaria charity or whatever and like that's awesome i'm glad he's doing that and i'm sure his money gets spent very effectively because he's not an idiot but the effect is like that turned me off to like oh well i only i can only give you a dollar yeah so it's like i'm just gonna give you nothing instead of a dollar and then i was listening to um a podcast i can't think of the name right now but it doesn't matter um, but I was listening to a show, and they were running a Kickstarter campaign because um, they're trying to go out on their own and, like, lower the amount of ads they have to have. And the uh, the host said specifically, like, don't feel obligated to donate any large sum of money. He was like, a lot of people are donating just, like, $1, 2 $3. He was like, I love that because those are people who are saying – I, I want to support you. This is all I can spare, but I just want you to know I can support you. And I was like, yes. Yeah. And when he said that and he explained it very eloquently, like I literally opened my laptop, went to Kickstarter and gave them a dollar. So I was <laughs> like, I, this is what I can spare right now, but I just want you to know, like, this is more I'm signifying to you. Please keep doing what you're doing. Like, mm-hmm. thank you for, for putting out these great shows. And so like now that's kind of changed how I think about like, like, I would happily just throw a few dollars to Stack Overflow just as a way of being like, hey, Stack Overflow, I love you guys. Please keep doing what you're doing, you know? And I would be happy to do that with, like, Twitter because I'm almost – at that point, like, I'm not even thinking of it as, like, a bill. It's not like, oh, my Twitter bill is here this month. Yeah. It's like I'm just chipping into the service I like. Well, especially if Twitter worked on cultivating that 
customer relationship and made you happier to be like, oh, Twitter's awesome. There are awesome people at Twitter still, presumably. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully so. <laughs> it's just we now we never get to see. And I mean, like I'm using we're using Bootstrap on a project. Yeah. And like I'm really happy that exists. I know there's other frameworks that probably do just as good as stuff, but it's like really cool thing that Twitter made to solve some problems that were generalizable for web designers in general. Yeah, and I I'm thinking if you are specifically – because where your money goes matters. Paying to subscribe to a service is different than paying a donation or like a Patreon kind of thing or in the case of Google Contributor, basically just paying to turn off ads. And the reason I think that's so attractive to me is because there's a lot of stuff that I use for free that I would – Big air quotes pay for. But I mean, really, I can't be spending thousands of dollars yeah. a year on every free service. Some stuff I'm going to have to see ads on. But that's the beauty of it. If you have to pay for Twitter, then you have to decide every month, is Twitter worth paying for? Yeah. If you're paying to turn off ads, then you can pay to turn off ads until that's not financially a good idea. And then you can just go back to seeing ads. And it's like, okay, well, if I want to keep using Twitter... Yeah. It's still free, but now instead of paying with money, I'm paying by seeing ads. Yeah, and I like the model of like I, I'm still willing to opt in to harvest my data, use me as dem- demographic, anonymize sure. stuff, so that you don't ruin your pool for advertisers. And I'm sure the vast majority of people still wouldn't pay, so you'd no. still have a giant population to advertise to. Yeah, yeah, and that's... I mean, I don't see a downside. This is a smart defaults kind of thing. Most people are not going to pay money, even if it's an option. They're just going to tolerate the ads and have their data harvested, and that's fine. I'm actually, I don't really have a problem with harvesting public data. You know, like you can look at me and you can guess my gender, my age, and my uh, my ethnicity pretty easily. So, like, that's okay if you then come up to me and be like, did you know other people of your gender, age, and ethnicity went to this local business? And it's like, okay, fine. That's fine. That's public information. But to come up to me and be like, you know, know the color of the wall in my kitchen, it's like, whoa, I didn't invite you into my house. Why are you marketing to me based on the color of the walls in my kitchen? You know your child cries every time you say this word. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's like, I did not tell you that. No one should know that. Like that, that stuff is not okay. And I just – I don't understand why – maybe this is a VC thing. Maybe venture capitalists are like, no, you have to have a business model, a revenue stream, lock it down. Yeah. I mean I I I'm sure they are. But why? You would think venture capital – I mean I'm presuming a lot. But you think they would support diversification because that is how they survive. I don't don't know. I would love for someone to explain this to me. Like, if we have any San Francisco listeners who are, like, deep into this culture, like, someone please. Or apparently Utah. Or Utah. (laughs) It's true. Or Brooklyn. I guess Brooklyn's up and coming. Someone who's, like, big into startup VC culture, if you could explain to me why Twitter won't take my damn money, I would love to know. Because I just – I don't – like you said, I see no downside. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. So where can people find these these awesome show notes? You can head to flippingtablespodcast.com slash 043. I'm Mike Edwards. You can find me on Twitter at medwardsmusic or pseudomichael.com. It's almost like you knew I was going to yeah, ask you Yeah, that. I do want to point out um, we're no longer doing comments on our website. That's so true. We, didn't, it, we had no meta talk. We were kind of recognizing the new world that people have their conversations in social media. They're on Twitter, Facebook, or Reddit, or 
Google Plus even occasionally. <laughs> we do have some listeners on Google Plus. We do. So, uh, yeah, check us out in those places uh, if you want to talk about this episode. Yeah, and it's just because the I think we both agree the the website is awesome for some things and not for other things. And commenting is just one of the things it's not awesome. It was for. fine. It just it's just unnecessary. <laughs> Yeah, it should. There are better solutions, and and for us because we're both active on Twitter and you're active on Facebook, and we're both pretty active on Google Plus, and th- those are just better places. We have a, a subreddit now, R slash Flipping Tables. Yep. So yeah, those are just the places we want to hear from you and talk to you. And if you can find our email addresses, I guess you could email, but don't. <laughs> <laughs> so that's good. You can find me at Lines and Beta on Twitter, lines and Beta and I think that's a wrap. We'll see you next week. <laughs>